We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And if we're, we're getting things kicked off here today, obviously, like Brian said, we're going to be covering Isaiah Canyon, star wide receiver out of Warner Robins, 2024 wide receiver, who, if you watch his film, and I know we'll watch his film today, he plays a little bit of everything for Warner Robins, everything from quarterback, a little bit of running back, wide receiver, obviously, plays some defensive back. He's the team's main punter. I think he helps in the return game as well. So Notre Dame received a massive commitment here this afternoon, Brian, 12 o'clock Eastern, it was droughts. We we had gotten a confirmation that this was going to happen a couple of days ago, obviously after a great visit that Isaiah was able to have over the weekend to Notre Dame for the blue and gold game. That was really the final step in this recruitment. Yeah. And we'll we'll talk a whole lot about it, the backstory. We'll talk about the team fit. We'll talk about the what's next. We'll get into the film. We'll do all that great stuff, Brian. But for me, this one seems like for some that it escalated quickly, but this has been a guy that Notre yeah. Dame has been high on for some time now. Yeah. Ryan, they jumped on him early when he was a three-star by everybody. Before he kind of went to these camps and different things, they said, hey, look, because you and I were talking about the receiver board, we're talking about Jeremiah McClellan, we're talking about Quasi Gilmer, we're talking about Jason Robinson, we're talking about, you know, hopefully they can get Micah Gilbert on campus and maybe have a shot with Ryan Wingo. And I remember getting a call about, Isaiah Canyon and I'm I'm like and I, I hope I'm saying the name correctly if I'm not we'll we'll learn soon enough but I remember getting a call like hey you got to watch this kid I'm like okay um Notre Dame's really high on him so I say okay let, let me let me go check this kid out and I'm thinking okay they must be struggling a receiver you know they must not be able to close on some of their top guys and they're they're digging into the the, the bottom of the barrel trying to find some sleeper kid. Cause I'm thinking he's from Warner Robins. This is a very yeah. heavily recruited area, yes. you know, and, and, and kind of the, so I pop in the film, Ryan, and it took me, I don't know, three or four clips of him actually playing receiver or DB where I was like, okay, yep, this is a dude. And so the more you watch this film, there's some game film available out there. You're like, this is a different kind of athlete. And the reason he's being overlooked is because he has no position right now. Yes. 
And and so Notre Dame got on them early. And I got to look, I got to give a ton of credit to the staff. And Chad Bowden is, is this is one of those ones that was sort of from Chad Bowden and his group of evaluators that they're kind of scouring the country for these kids. And they found them. And then, of course, Chancey Stuckey gets a, gets a hold of them. He's a Warner Robins native as well. Went to a different high school. I think Coach Stuckey went to, what, Northside or something like that. This kid's just from Warner Robins. Uh, what's that? I said you're correct. You're correct. Good. Didn't embarrass myself today. No. And then he's just from Warner Robin. Uh, Isaiah Kenyon's is from Warner Robin High School, period. He gets on him, and Notre Dame immediately, immediately climbs up the list for him. And when you when you look at the film, this is what we talked about yesterday, Ryan. Like, this is the kind of athlete Notre Dame needs to make a living on. And, and this is an, an underranked kid. I don't want to say underrated because I think most people didn't even know who he was. He didn't even have grades when most people were when when Notre Dame first started looking at him. Under under say under evaluated, under offered, whatever the case may be, Notre Dame gets on him. The reality is, if this is a five star kid that's been everybody's been telling him he's a five star kid the last three years, I I don't know if Notre Dame has a shot to get that kid like they like a, a Jeremiah Smith type of kid. And so when you look at this kid and you say, okay, let's look at the athleticism. The size, the frame, six three and an eighth, and one hundred ninety eight pounds is what he measured in this winter at a camp. Verified. Then, then verified. Then goes out and runs a four five one laser time, which, as we told you, this is going to a camp where they're doing handheld is probably a mid four four. Just you know, because like we've talked about how explosive Braylon James is. Braylon ran a four four seven, right? So Braylon's a touch faster. This kid's a four five one. And and this is a mover. And then you watch the film, Ryan, and the thing you said something about Braylon James that was spot on that is also present with this kid. And that is his first two steps off the line when he's playing receiver are he's going now. It's different. And yeah. Yes. And and then you see that second gear and, and you see the athleticism. Now he's got a lot of work to be done as a wide receiver, right? A lot of work to be done as a wide receiver. But the talent is obvious. I mean, absolutely obvious what the talent level is. And Notre Dame got on him early. You you start doing some digging on him. Very high academic kid. And we told you all there's yep. a lot of kids out there that actually have that academics. You just got to get on him early and then fight to get him. And as you mentioned, Ryan, he starts taking visits this spring. And every time he shows up to a campus, he leaves an offer. Florida State being one of the more recent ones. If Notre Dame doesn't get on this kid, when it's all said and done, he's going to have offers from all over the place. Yes. This is a big time talent, Ryan, and you're starting to see you're starting to see the recruiting rankings catch up. On three now has him as a top hundred kid. I think was it Rivals or ESPN? I think one of the others. I'm going to go look it up now. One of the others uh, ranked him in the top two fifty. I'm pulling that up now. That'd be ESPN. Rivals his Rivals and two four seven have him ranked very low. Uh, they're wrong. I think rivals ranking is reflective of just a, I used to work there when a kid, when they create a profile for a kid, if he's got a certain offer list, they'll just throw a three-star ranking on him and then evaluate him later. That's what this one looks like to me. So this is a kid to me, Ryan, that has IB grade, my grade, four-star, top hundred caliber, five-star upside. This is a big time commitment. And now you put him in a class with Cam Williams, we'll get to, that backstory is like, this is why this staff is different. They don't care about rankings. They just passed on two top 250 defensive ends from, from Massachusetts that they had a great shot at getting because they took a kid that everybody thinks is a three-star from Georgia named Cole Mullins. They don't care about that stuff. They look at the film, and when you look at this kid's film, Ryan, 
This kid's a ball player. So great job by the Notre Dame staff. Chad Bowden, Chancey Stuckey, all of them, to find this kid and then get this kid and get him in the class early. Because as you said, the blue gold game this week was closing time, essentially. This has been trending this way for a while. It was about get him on campus, let him feel comfortable, and then that's the final deal. And that's what happened. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And and I feel like a lot of people quickly, Notre Dame fans, are getting way more on board with this one, Brian, because like you said, some of the rankings are starting to reflect finally how talented he is. And I mean, this is a kid that with a big senior year, he's going to bolt up rankings like he really is. I mean, he's that type of kid because to to the background, which I think is just absolutely fascinating, is that this is why high school evaluation, I think, is tricky sometimes. This is the tough part, everyone, for me is that this is a young man that although you see him at wide receiver, and I I think some people could even see him as a defensive back potentially on the next level, you don't see a ton of reps at any one spot because he's just such – he's the best athlete on the field at all times. He's playing quarterback. He's playing wide receiver. When we get to the film, you're going to see him playing off man or it might might be zone on defense as a cornerback. And he's turned to run speed turn and able to catch a ball down the field playing almost like a center field type of role. Like this kid is a really gifted athlete. So that recruiting ranking is really going to start to, I think, reflect that. He's going to reflect the talent level that you have there. And Brian, I think that you mentioned already, it's a good evaluation by the staff early. There's no doubt. And I mean, this one was, uh, transparency, right? We'll give some transparency. The first time I talked to Isaiah after he was offered, he flat out told me, and this was, of course, off the record, so I wasn't going to put it out in the universe until now, that Notre Dame was going to be really hard to beat. He just flat out said that. He's like, they're going to be really hard to beat because, one, he's a high academic kid. He's a really talented athlete. But more than anything, we talk about the relationship that he has with Chancey Stuckey. That's big time for him. They know the same people. They have a relationship. They have a deep relationship so the minute that they offered Isaiah Canyon, Notre Dame was going to be hard to beat, and they ended up being incredibly hard to beat. You talk about high academics. We can throw that that out there all we want, but it's backed up by the offer list, Ryan. I mean, you look at this kid's offer list, and and he's obviously got Notre Dame on there, and he's got Stanford on there. Those those are those are obvious ones, but that doesn't always mean that a kid is like a really elite a, a really elite student. You know, Vanderbilt, uh, Stanford, Notre Dame. Georgia Tech, Duke, those are all symbols that this is probably a good student if they're going after yes. him. 
but he also has two Ivy League offers. He has an offer from Penn and, and Dartmouth. Right? It's like so, Michael Bell last year. Remember Michael right. Bell had like Ivy League schools in his exactly. top ten? It's like, yeah. Exactly. So this isn't just a, you know, he cares about academics. This is also as an outstanding, actual outstanding student, not just cares about academics, but he's also incredibly, incredibly gifted in the classroom as well. That's why he has Ivy League offers, right? Yes. So that's when you talk about, hey, um, um, Yes, he's an academic guy. This is why Notre Dame is going to be attractive to a kid like that. This is a this is an Ivy League caliber student that also happens to be 6'3 plus, 198 pounds, and really fast. There was a comment in the chat from Brian Richmond. He said uh, he plays faster than 451. I, I want to make clear that we're talking about here is we're talking about 451 laser time. That means you're actually getting a real time, not yes. a camp inflated, you know, 4-4 whatever thing. You're getting a real time. This is as a 17 year old kid who after three, four years in the Matt Bayless strength program is going to be a legit four, four laser timed guy, but four, five, one laser timed is moving folks. It is absolutely moving, especially for a 17 year old. And he looks so, skinny at 198 yeah, pounds, man. He's he's gonna be 210, 215, running four yes, four or something. Yes, <laughs> like, yeah. Right. I put that in my class impact. That's a great point because you look at his frame, he's got a good frame, like he's got broad shoulders, really big time wingspan. But he's checking in at 198. And I'm like, he still has a lot of that you could put onto that frame. Yes, man. You know what yep. I mean? Like you're talking about a kid that's gonna be six three plus two fifteen in a burner. And We'll dive into the film here in a second and, and talk a little a little bit more specifically about the film. But he he's a kid, Rye, that I look at and I'm like, this guy, this is the kind of athlete that Notre Dame is looking for. And here's the thing. They've now got two of those in this class. Yeah. Because Cam Williams is very similar too. Cam is a big time home run hitter. And the reason it's important is you can't have a bunch of volume guys in your class, Ryan, because then you're not going to be able to spread the ball around to enough guys or you're not going to have the impact that you that you need. You now have two guys that can do a lot of damage on a few number of touches. Yes. And that's a great problem to have. And because you've got two guys now that are more Braylon James than they are Jaden Greathouse, Rico yep. Flores, and Caleb Smith, who's more shifty. Right. So that's the kind of complementary stuff that we talk about them needing. You know, last year's class had the one burner, two possession type guys that are good athletes and then sort of the shifty. You know, make you miss. Right. But, you know, potential return guy type of dude. Now you've landed two of Braylon James's in this class. Right. And so you're you're really upping that speed level in this class. And so um, in that regard, it's it's impactful. You talk about how it impacts the class. So let's do class impact here, Ryan. Coming into the cycle, Notre Dame is looking for three receivers right now. That's still the target. But I but I think that the staff is as they kind of get off the road is going to sit down and talk and, and say, hey, we need to think about upping it to four. I, I think that yeah. decision could ultimately be made that they up it to four. But if you're going to start off with two, these are two good ones to have because you've now met your needs in this class. I think they also, what their needs in the class were, Ryan, I think they needed speed, at more, even more speed in this class because that's one thing they lost when Dylan Edwards decommitted last year is they lost one of their speed guys. And I think that you add more size. And I think with him and, and, and um, Cam Williams, these are two guys, in my view, Ryan, with the way Notre Dame plays, right? This isn't true for every offense, but because Notre Dame is still a pro-style team, this is these are two kids, to me, that can play all three spots to varying degrees. 
And I think that's an important piece to this as well. So you you got some guys that bring some versatility. I mean, you can fit them with the class ahead of them based on what spots and what what is needed yeah. in your depth chart. That's an important well, piece of this class impact as well. Brian, you know what you know what's another interesting point about that though is that I hear we talk we hear about roster building all the time as far as how you build a team, and you always hear building from the inside out. I actually think Notre Dame and some other teams from the just a wide receiver position, just on a wide receiver, it's actually important to build from the outside in. Finding those guys that can play outside the numbers, the field receiver, the boundary receiver, and then figuring out the dynamic type of players. Because at the end of the day, we talk about the trends of Notre Dame. What's been the high-volume pass receiver outside of the tight end position for Notre Dame? It's been that boundary guy, right? right? The outside receiver. That's kind of how the offense has been run. We'll see if there's any change to that you know, in the next couple of years under Jared Parker. But traditionally, I would say Notre Dame wants to build the wide receiver group from the outside and work its way in. Like, that's kind of the way. And right now you have Cam Williams, who's 6'2", 185, 190 pounds, somewhere in that ballpark, 4'4-something type of athlete. And then you have now Isaiah Cannon, who is a shade over six foot three, going to be 200-plus pounds easily early on in his Notre Dame career running low 4-5, maybe high 4-4 at that point in his career as well. So you have got two very impressive talents at outside receiver now, and now it's about finding those mix-and-match athletes that can work together with these types of players. And I think Notre Dame's put himself in a great position to do so pretty quickly here. Yeah, and and the other thing too, here's where this also matters, right? You nailed it all. I'm going to add another level to this. Landing a kid like this with Cam Williams who do bring that versatility – and this is, kind of, I think, kind of what you're getting to as well. You you can just go get the next best guy. Exactly. Right? Yep. I mean, in this class, you don't have to say, man, well, we got we got this guy, this guy. So, man, we I really wanted to get this kid, but, man, we our next guy has to be a boundary. Our next guy has to be a slot or, or a field. I mean, shoot, I would love to get this kid. But when you've got this kind of verse, hey, go get the next best guy that you can land in this class. <laughs> And and get it uh, overall, Ryan. When you look at at uh, how this impacts the the class, obviously this is commitment number eleven, offensive commitment number seven as well. This offensive class is 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 really off to a phenomenal start. Shaping right? out, man. I mean, Shaping it is. It's, they got to close right, and and I still have some questions about the offensive line. I don't know who they're going to close with. We have a pretty good idea who's left on the board everywhere else, right? Yeah. Yep. So you're getting very close to the skill positions to to meeting your needs. I think one to two more receivers, one running back, and they're done at the skill positions. Yep. And they're recruiting impact guys. I mean, that's the thing is, Ryan, th- th- there's there's guys with a lot of ability on the board. They're, they, this is the this I would argue this is arguably the best chance that Notre Dame has uh, really since probably 2015 to really stack together two really dynamic receiver classes in a row. Now, in 2022, they did land Tobias Merriweather, but that was it. I mean, they lost C.J. Williams. They lost to Maureen Walker. So they didn't have it back-to-back. The 2021 receiver class was pretty good, but again, you you lost out. And just to refresh people's memory, the 2015 class had Jalen Guyton, C.J. Sanders, Miles Boykin, and Equinemi St. Brown. Two of those guys were drafted, and the third guy, Jalen Guyton, got dra- it was it has been a starter in the National Football League. Obviously, he can't believe probably the best year. out of the four in the NFL. In the too, NFL, which is yes, funny. you are yeah. absolutely correct. 
the next year they followed that up with Javon McKinley, Chase Claypool, and Kevin Stefferson. So yes, they are they are loading up now at receiver and back to back. And and we could debate who's better. We'll have that once this class is signed. What two year haul is better? But this is what you have to do, Ryan. This this is the way that you build up classes. This is the, or that you build up your depth chart. It's not just having that one year where you're really really good. It's got to stack them. And then, and that team, you know, the, the, the guys that we just talked about in those two years were big parts to Notre Dame being a playoff team in 2018, right? Miles Boykin, or actually both playoff teams, really. Miles Boykin, obviously, and Chase Claypool were a big part of that 2018 team. And then you look at um, 2020, that's when Javon McKinley steps up and is your leading yeah. receiver on that team. So that that those two receiver classes played a big role on in a, in a lot of success for Notre Dame those years. And then it wasn't just the receivers. I mean, in 2016, this offensive haul that Notre Dame had that year uh, was outstanding. 2015 offensive class was Brandon Wimbush at quarterback, Dexter Williams, Josh Adams, Alize Mack at tight end, ended up becoming Alize. He was at Alize Jones at the time, became Alize Mack, Jalen Guyton, C.J. Sanders, Miles Boykin, Echo Sammy Brown. Equinemy St. Brown. But here's the key for Notre Dame filling out this class. That year, they only signed two offensive linemen, Tristan Hodge and Trevor Ruland. Sort of. I don't really blame the staff for that one. The thing that killed him was Jerry Tillery was committed in that class for a long time as an offensive lineman. And then he decided late, really late, that he wanted to play defense. And so there wasn't an opportunity really to go out there and, and find a replacement of that caliber. And that was uh that was the twenty that was the twenty fifteen class, right? And then the twenty sixteen class, you come out and you land Stefferson Claypool McKinley. We talked about running back was good, but not great. Tony Jones, Deion McIntosh, you came up short at at quarterback with Ian Book uh, compared to some other guys. Your offensive line class was pretty good. Tommy Kramer, Liam Mike Berg, Tommy uh, Parker Boudreaux, but they did have a big miss in that class. They wanted Ben Bredesen and missed him. In that class, if they would have landed him with Kramer and Eichenberg, that would have been pretty good. But this is the thing that this class, Ryan, has a chance to be is we just talked about how this has a chance to stack up with one of the best back to back halls at receiver in a while. But the thing that these two classes have a chance to do that those classes different is if they can finish strong on the offensive line, give me a styles, give me two of like Styles Prescott, uh, Kirby Lambert and Liam Andrews right? Yeah. Who yeah. I think can play tackle. I don't, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that another day. Okay. I he think can. he can. Yes. Okay. I'm glad we're on the same page. I, I, I talked about it on the board and, you know, no disrespect on the Anthony Knapp thing, but Lee Andrews is much more offensive tackle than Anthony Knapp yes, is in my opinion. Agree. <laughs> yeah. Give me two of those three guys in the offensive line is set, you know? Yeah. So, so you're on the verge of unlike the 15, 16 year, cause in, in, in 16, you had a, you know, okay. Running back hall. Okay. Quarterback hall 15, your offensive line wasn't where you needed it to be. This class has a ch- these two classes have a chance to stack up and literally hit get your needs and get talented players at every position to two really big time quarterbacks in a row, two great running back halls in a row if they can get Kedron Young. And and even if you don't, Anise Wims is a good football player. He's a top 250 football player, right? That's your down guy. Jeremiah Love last year. Kedron Young, though, to me, takes it over the top. I mean, he he's really good. You're recruiting receiver with anybody, right? I mean, yes. you're, 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 you know, you say, oh, well, Ohio State's better. Okay. Well, we can have that discussion, sure. but that's who we're now having this discussion with, you know, LSU, the Ohio State's teams that are loading up a receiver tight end, you know, you're, you're loading up the top players in the offensive line if they can finish. So Isaiah Canyon to me is a big piece of this, Ryan, because 
you know I love Micah Gilbert. I'm, I'm yep. looking forward to talking about him next week and seeing what he does. Love Jason Robinson. But you just can't you just can't stress enough the importance of getting a 6'3, 200-pound burner on the outside. Yeah. And that's what this kid is, in my opinion. He's he's raw, he's gonna need some work, but the stuff he needs work on is the stuff that as a receivers coach, I could fix as, as, as in one off season. I'm serious. Like I can't, I've done this before with one double A and division three athletes, right? Chancey Stuckey, if I could do it, Chancey Stuckey can do it, right? Sure. <laughs> so, and, and from everything we've heard, the kid's a worker. That That's the other part about it too. Very, so Very polite, yeah. soft-spoken. Worker. That stuff Absolutely. will all come and come yes. quickly. As we've seen with Braylon, I mean, Braylon James just in 15 practices made a pretty big jump in, in the technical aspects of his game. 100%. And that'll continue to grow. So class impact wise, Ryan, this is a very key ingredient to Notre Dame stacking a second straight big time top five overall caliber offensive hall. Because that's what I think last year's offensive hall. I think it was one of the five best offensive halls in the country. When you look just total meet and needs, impact players. I mean, you got a top hundred quarterback, you got a top hundred running back, you got one of the three or four best receiver classes, you got a top one fifty tight end. You got a really good offense, five-man offensive line class. And then this year, a five-star quarterback, top yep. 200 running back. You're off to a great start with two top 100 receivers, in, in my view. You've got a top 250 tight end, and you've got a, a good start on offensive line. I, I'm not as high on Anthony Knapp as Notre Dame is. Still a quality player. And Peter Jones, to me, as a guard, is a top 150 caliber player to me good player yep. now finish off the offensive line that's going to in, in the receiver that's going to be the key but they're they've got the makings of back-to-back big time offensive halls and that is it's kind of funny that since marcus freeman has arrived that's the side of the ball that's really taken the biggest step which is kind of interesting funny. yeah interesting funny intriguing yeah, you know intriguing, yeah right yeah. pick your adjective yeah it's, it's pretty awesome definitely interesting yeah, yeah. I, I mean, but I mean, for me, Brian, like I always think of it from a defensive perspective, as you know, but it's like, who do I not want to cover? I don't want to cover the 6'3 guy who's long, who can run really fast. Like that's, that's it's just it, man, because the one thing about Isaiah is as he continues to develop into his body, what is he going to like when he is able to stack consistently, he's going to create a lot of big plays. But even when he isn't able to fully stack players, what can you do with him? back shoulders, put the ball up in the air, let him go make plays, man. Like he's one of those kids similar ish to Cam Williams, but also similar to Micah Gilbert where he's ne- he's never covered, right? You're never covered with the catch radius, with the body, with the upside that he has to develop physically. Like those are the things that you can't teach. Talk about the unteachables all the time. I can't teach him being tall, long and, and run really fast. I can't teach those things to your point. You can teach the starts off the line of scrimmage, the stances, the ability to get out of his breaks. Like you can teach those things to a high degree. Can't teach him being long. You can't teach him being athletic, man. So at the end of the day, if you trust the people developing, who I do, I trust Chancey Stuckey at the wide receiver position to develop, then I am fully okay with taking a kid that is perceived as raw because he has a high upside and I trust the developments that's going to happen next. You... I'm gonna I'm gonna steal a phrase Ryan loves. You knock that comment out of the park, Ryan. Okay. Because that's exactly your point. You had to take polished kids before because you didn't have the receivers coach to develop them. Just didn't. 
now you can take this kid that's just elite tools because you trust that your receivers coach is going to be able to teach him how to line up and get out of a stance and beat the press and, you know, execute top ends and find soft spots in the zone and and those type of things. And you've also got a nice blend of volume players. Rico and Jaden Greathouse are both volume guys, in my opinion. They're trying to close on a volume guy in the 2024 class next week. They're hoping to to get Micah Gilbert, who commits. uh, He'll make his decision on the second. I think Cam Williams has a little bit of volume to his game as well. And I think and I think this kid could be a volume guy if if to your point, if the game develops. But at the very least, he gives you a big time playmaker. Yes. But there's such greater optimism now with a guy like Braylon. And that's part of the reason I had Braylon James Braylon James ranked so high. Because I'm actually confident now that I probably would not have ranked Braylon James as high if I if they didn't have a, a, a receivers coach that I had some faith in. Because that's got to be part of your ranking. Yeah, this kid's raw, but <clears throat> he's going to a place that doesn't know how to develop kids like him. Yep. That's got to factor into it. And, and there, there is a, a much greater level of confidence that, that, and, and the way that Marcus Freeman has made hires so far, if Chancey Stuckey leaves at some point, which he will, I mean, all coaches, the odds of him being a lifer at Notre Dame, I, I don't know if they're great. Then you go out there, whether it's a year two, five, ten, 10, whatever, leave someday, most likely. The odds are as large as long as Marcus Freeman is here, he's going to put a value on a guy that can coach, uh, you know, teach a position. And that's important. I mean, that's what a lot of his hires have been. So that's what Joe Rudolph is, right? Now, to what degree? We'll find that out. But that was a big thing. He was a teacher. That was a big thing. And and uh, it just it adds a great deal of confidence to what they got here. So class impact-wise, Ryan, um, you know, like I said, Big time player. We're going. We're going to pull up the film here next. But I did want to. Uh, I did want to point something out. And uh, so, since we have started this show, and we started the fundraiser, we have had uh, twenty. Try to do the math here. Twenty four people have since. This may not all be Irish breakdown people, but since the show started, twenty four new people have donated to Jake and Abby to help Brady, and That's they awesome. have already raised about a thousand dollars already. So uh, let's keep it going. Let's definitely keep it going, everybody. But uh, I knew that IB Nation would come, would come, would answer the bell, answer the call. I had no doubt, no doubt, because you all are are amazing people with humongous hearts, and it's just one of the things I absolutely love about all of you so much. Um, just the the kindness and and care and love that you all have for for this community and just other people means the world to me, and I I can't spre- express that enough. So thank you all so much for that. Um, and I, and I'm, and I'm quite confident Jake and Abby are going to be very appreciative of it as well, but I did want to update that. So, uh, you all are taking care of business, but Hey, if you're still able to give and you haven't yet, please do. We would greatly, greatly appreciate that today. So Ryan, you ready to dive into some film? I mean, that's that's a rhetorical question because (laughs) that answer with Ryan is, is, uh, one of the things I, I love about Ryan is we, there's one thing we have in common the the you don't ever have to say like you don't have to ask genuinely ask hey are you ready to watch some film because the answer is always yes of course i'm ready so so, someone asked me uh brian i think it was today or yesterday they said 
you know, before you're about to go to sleep at night, you just kind of like let your, you know, decompress and just kind of relax. I'm like, no, I, I watch, I watch film Dude, before I go to bed. <laughs> I used to be like that. I used to be like that, but I would never sleep. I couldn't sleep. I would like have my iPad on and I'd be watching film. Yeah. Like, dude, I can't sleep because then it would just wake me up more. But yes, I'm ready to watch some film. Yes. So let's let's pull up here some film of Mr. Canyon Ryan, and and obviously what you're going to see in this film is you're going to see him playing receiver, quarterback, and defensive back. This is actually one of him playing receiver. Look how smooth he is, Ryan. This is one of those things that you like. I say, like, this is not a kid that really knows how to play yet. You know, the, the stack, the, the stem is is okay, but it's not great. He kind of gets yeah. himself to bump in and, you know, the acceleration through the look back and all that's not where you want it to be. But then he just runs by a dude and then goes up and makes that play. Yeah, man. I mean, again, it's just the things that you can't teach. That's what you stuff, love about this kid. He makes stuff look very easy on film, man, yeah. which is – I think that's a testament to the athleticism. Man. Look, man, yeah. he's got a little bit of an arm, too. Yeah. He can get the ball out there a little bit, that's man. That's him he throwing. Out there a little bit. That's yeah. him throwing. Now, and this is him playing defensive back. So, I, I love it. First three clips, it's at three different positions. Look at those hips, Ryan. Like, look at the this footwork. Is, look at this the This is hips. the rep that sold me on him. This was the yes. rep right here, actually. Yes. I mean, it's like third clip, and you're like, all right, cool. Yeah. But a really smooth pedal. Right. No, no technical, no technique there really um, that that is is allowing him to 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 be that it's it's really just about athleticism and just being a really smooth, fluid kid finds the ball, breaks it up, actually picks it off and and makes the play. So first three clips, this kid has made has thrown has has caught a long pass, thrown a long touchdown pass and had a phenomenal interception in three plays. This is wide receiver again, just that (laughs) speed. I mean, th- just that speed off the line and just outruns just outruns this kid for a big play. And he catches the ball very clean. And, and this doesn't yeah. surprise me because he does play quarterback. I mean, I, I've always felt that, you know, when I was coaching at the lower levels, I've said this before, I would always try to find those kids that are really athletic quarterbacks because nobody on the team catches the – touches the football more and catches the ball more than a quarterback. People say, what do you mean a quarterback? Yeah, if you're in a shotgun offense, you literally catch the football every single play. Yep. Every play. Or you're getting a snap. The ball is coming into your hands, and you have to handle it perfectly every single snap. Nope, Nobody else does that, right? I mean, nobody. No. This is a nice little play here. You're going to see some stuff. Like, this is this is not good technique, right, at the top end. He leans back. He doesn't drive his hips into the ground, yet he still is in and out of that break quick. Right. Like that says something. Most athletes are really choppy when they lean back like this. Like the teaching point is here is 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 what I taught is chest over knees, knees over toes. That's that's the proper, you know, uh, top end technique on a stop route like that. And essentially it's, you know, your hips are the brakes, not your feet, not your arms. Your hips are the brakes. Drive your hips into the ground. He didn't do that on that play, but yet he was still one, two out of the break. And and that was a play as a receivers coach. You say, boy, if I can teach this kid how to actually run a route, he's going to be a really dynamic route runner when it's all said and done too because he's got easy movement skills like really yes. easy movement skills he's really good hips. balance yeah really good hips yeah yeah i mean even like some i mean some parts of it right it's like you know came back to the football well on that one clip you know i think that he really does and this happens with the quarterback position sometimes when you have guys that play quarterback as well as is i think he understands where he needs to attack it's just about attacking properly right like that's the nuance and the technical aspects of playing the position the ability to consistently do that but then i mean you see the effort as well here right like this is a kid that is 198 pounds <laughs> right 
<laughs> and just imagine when he's 215, what he's going to be as a blocker, being able to, I mean, oh, it's just poor kid, man. It's just yeah. not fun. It's just not yeah. fun. This is one of the clips, few clips, Ryan, because a lot of the clips are far away. Yeah. This is one of the few clips where you can see how big he is. Yes. Right? You can see how he's really tall. You can long see arms. his long arms. Yeah. This is one of the few. A lot of them are a little too far away to really get a glimpse of what his size is. We've seen photos, so we can kind of look at that too. But this is one of those ones that you say, okay, this kid's got really good size. Really yes. good size. But just great concentration too. There's two defenders between him and the football, and he still makes this grab. I think it's he tracks the ball catch. really well. I wouldn't be surprised if this was a baseball kid as well. I don't know if he plays baseball or not, it's but it. I think he tracks really I will well. Bet, I will bet you $20 he's played baseball in his life because just even something similar – this is going to sound funny, right? This isn't like evaluation at all. But have you seen him – have you seen the photo I used for the, the show today with the baseball yeah. cap on? He wears yeah. a baseball – he wears a hat like a baseball player. Like a lot of kids that have big hair like him, they just kind of place it on top and it just kind of sits there. <laughs> he knows how to pull it down and get his hair to the side like a kid that plays baseball. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, that kind of showed me something, too. This is him at quarterback again. Looks like a javelin thrower there, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Long. I mean, Ryan, he's throwing this ball from the 41, and it lands, what, five, six yards deep in the end zone. It's a good ball, right? man. It's a good ball. Yeah. According to someone on this podcast last year, uh, uh, somebody in the chat who said that, uh, what was it, Drew Pine can't throw the ball more than 30 yards, right? So he just threw the ball about 20 yards further than Drew yeah. Pine. Yeah, come on now. Come on now. <laughs> Who said I that? You remember we used to, we used to talk about it occasionally after that. I forget who said that, but oh gosh, maybe was somebody on the message board said. I, I can't blocked remember. that out of my head. <laughs> That's him throwing the ball again. You can see how long his limp his legs are too. He's got very long legs. Very he's long a decent, legs. He's decently yeah. talented quarterback as well, man. Like again, like if there was a group of five team, like mm-hmm. I think we talked about like Georgia State yesterday, or like right. a Toledo or something, I'd be like, hey man, you can play quarterback if you want over really? here, like. He's a good hands catcher too, right? Which again, I expect yeah. from someone who has a quarterback background. Yes, I expect a guy with because I mean, as a quarterback, you always are catching the ball with your hands. That I'll tell you, that helped me when I moved to receiver. I never played receiver my entire. I mean, even as a little kid in, in the street, I was always the quarterback. I was never playing receiver, but I was able to transition to receiver in high school. In my second career game as a wide receiver, I had five touchdowns. You know, because you just touch the ball so much, you're just used to it. You know, and, and started as a freshman at wide receiver, so. That's something I've always found is guys that have a quarterback background usually have really good hands. Yeah. That could be personal bias, but that's just kind of what I've also found as a, as a coach as well. And so it doesn't surprise me that he's a hands catcher, not a body catcher, to be completely honest with you. This is one of those annoying guys as a defensive coordinator, too, because you're always like, don't let him run the ball. Don't run the ball. Yeah. Don't run the ball. But then he completed like 69% of his passes. He doesn't, he, and he doesn't run. If you, there, I don't know if there's a single clip on here of him running. Right, he, he didn't even have a hundred yards. It was just one that I've year. seen so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's crazy. He man. had like fifty some yards rushing last year, only like a hundred something a year before. This kid does not run the football when he's a quarterback. He throws it. Yeah, which is wild. I I thought when I heard he played quarterback, he's going to be some kind of dual threat run throw guy, but that's just not what he does. Yeah, he throws the ball a lot actually. Yeah. Like, and it was again, it was like sixty nine percent of his passes he complete last year. I love the like balance that. here, like, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, guy trips up his back foot. He's able to quickly recover and get upfield. If they don't do at least one trick play with him throwing the football or starting career i'm gonna be very disappointed very disappointed. I mean, they, never, they never did one with avery davis so yeah you know yeah kept waiting on that. that 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 maybe that one was too obvious i don't know maybe this is easy speed he's not even running hard he has no no really idea of, of how to properly attack this corner he just runs by him and guys in his hip and he just tracks the ball like it's nothing yep 
this kid has really impressive tools, Ryan. He, and this and is he's the playing in the too. state of Georgia, man. Yes. He plays in the state of Georgia as well. Yeah. yeah. Look how quickly, not the block destruction, because this kid wants no part of blocking him. Like this kid wants <laughs> zero part of blocking Isaiah Kenya on this play. I'm more referring to the quickness, the plant, and how quickly he moves over to make this tackle. Like that's some suddenness right there, Ryan. And that's well, he, an, I mean, that's what I could, see in my play. He he could play safety on the college level without a doubt. Like yeah. he could play at Notre Dame at safety, in my opinion, from the tools that he has. But he's just so talented with the football in his hands, man. Like and, and he's also a Brian. There was an article I just saw recently talking about Isaiah Canyon that had him as one of the top ten returning punters in the state of Georgia as well. I mean, we're just talking about the athleticism here, right? Yeah. Like it's just. I think he averaged like high 30s as a punter this past yeah. year too like it's just insane man Absolutely yeah he insane. he's a talented kid he really is a talented kid ryan and and it's it's in every regard this is a notre dame kid you talk about like notre yeah. dame kids this is a notre dame kid quiet unassuming yes you know not a not the typical receiver that's out there like look at me you know look look how look how i'm talkative and i'm flamboyant and i'm doing all this and i'm doing all that that's not who he is and um, high academic kid, just everything you kind of want. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. He's everything that you kind of want in a in a Notre Dame student athlete, but he's also really talented, which is the final yes. piece to this whole thing, right? Like, yes, I want great students and great young men, but they also have to be great football players. And this kid has the potential to be an outstanding football player. So a very important pickup for Notre Dame. I- and I will say this just about the staff real quick as far as their evaluations, not only of Isaiah Canyon, you're never going to agree with every evaluation, right? But I will say this about this staff. They find some gems who end up being very high recruited players. I mean, Brian, do you remember when they first were talking about Brandon Hillman, the last class, right? And everyone at first was like, what is this three-star for Virginia? <laughs> at the end of it, it's like, oh, how could we lose this guy? He's a stud. I'm just like, yeah. guys, trust the process, yeah. man. Trust the process. There's a whole season ago of development. There's also a whole season of recruiting ranking bumps that are in store for some of these kids. Like, this is yeah. not going to be a – we've already seen the recruiting bump happen. Like you mentioned, he's a top 100 yeah. kid by one service. He's not going to be a three-star on the others for very long. Like, he it's better just not, not. going to happen. Because they're just going to look dumb. I mean, I, I think yeah. they're just going to be like, hold on a second, man. This kid, you know, I can't I can't do it. I can't have this kid low. We're going to look We're going to look ridiculous. And he, I don't believe I, – I've, I've yet to find any camp film from him, so I don't think he's a camp guy either. So yeah. it doesn't I mean, help gonna, him on the ranking exactly. side. Yeah. It doesn't matter at our rankings, but it does to his. Two more aspects I want to discuss, Ryan. I want to make one comment about the this importance of this recruitment. And then we'll dive into sort of the what's next briefly. But th- let's not also overlook the fact that this is the third straight commitment that Notre Dame in the last month, Notre Dame has landed three commitments. It started with Anthony Knapp. They recently got Cole. He had committed on what, March 29th, Sounds I believe. Right. And yeah. then Cole Mullins committed on, well, publicly committed this past Saturday. And then now um, Isaiah Canyon, Georgia, Georgia, and Georgia. Three kids from the state of Georgia. Huge. Cannot be overlooked, and uh, two of them. I'm not I, actually Roswell is not a bad program either, but also two of them program. are from yeah. yes, two of them are from like big areas, like not like some middle of nowhere, you know, schools. These are from big areas and, and schools that 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 bring it, and and it cannot be it cannot be overlooked how important that is. I'm pretty right. sure Roswell played Mill Creek last season, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think so. so. Like, yeah, they. I, I mean, so. 
Roswell, Mill Creek, and now Warner Robins. These are three very good programs in the state yeah. of Georgia. So not only are you going into the state, which, I mean, guys, if you want to look at on a year-to-year basis, some of the talent the state of Georgia puts out in general, it's silly, man. Like we'll, we'll talk about the NFL draft during the show later on, and we'll do the NFL draft show tonight, Brian. I remember I was looking at the – was it 2020 was it 2020 recruiting class with like miles murphy and those guys it's like will anderson miles murphy joshua downs all the way down man it was like that was an embarrassment of riches that year and that happens almost every single year in the state of georgia where you have that type of talent so getting this type of talent out of the state of georgia is never a bad thing fellas never a bad thing Well, and we're now seeing in some years Georgia having more kids drafted than Florida in some yeah. years, partly because there's been some, you know, again, it's all a lot of it part of the geographic uh, shifts, but you're also seeing more and more big time football programs in Georgia where there's good coaching and, and good development and those type of things. And so Georgia has really upped its game. It really upped its game in the last year, or last 10 years, really, to where and here's the thing, too. Ryan, that, that I want to discuss as well. And here's why this is important. I don't, I'm actually looking now. Uh, Roswell did not play Mill Creek last year. They played Johns Creek. That's what Got I it. think we were thinking. They played Johns Creek, but all three of them were, went deep into the playoffs. Roswell was 12 and two. Uh, Isaiah Canyon's team was 10 and five, lost in the state championship game. And then obviously, I think Mill Creek won a state championship, correct? They or they did. lost in this, the, yeah, they, they lost in the regular season and then, one at all. So you're talking about kids that come from really good programs in the state of Georgia. Yes. The reality is here too, Ryan, which is very, very important is this Georgia for whatever reason. And there's a million, I don't really care to get into, but Georgia kids I have found are much better fits and are more amicable to the idea of going to Notre Dame than Florida kids. There's a lot of different reasons for it. Some of it being there's a lot of transplants there, so it's not as pure. We're Florida, baby. We're Southern. There's a lot of transplants that, you know, hey, I'm from here, but my family's from New York or Pennsylvania or Ohio or whatever. I find that a lot, right? The school systems are better, and there's more. There's Georgia is close. Now, they're not close to Texas, right? But they are. They're. Closer to Texas in in regard to the the type of programs they're building than Florida, where you're just you you have a couple of the 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 bigger cities have produced some some big time you know public schools, but in Florida it's like it's IMG, it's St. Thomas Aquinas, it's Berkeley Prep, it's you know schools like that. Where in Georgia you're seeing a bunch of these big time public schools develop. They tend to have higher enrollment. They tend to you know those type. I mean, there's just a lot of reasons why you're just seeing. A lot greater, a lot greater focus uh, on on that state, and you're getting similar athletes to what you're getting in Florida. They're just more pro Notre, or at least I say pro Notre Dame, but more open to the idea of coming up to Notre Dame. That has to be looked at as well, and that's what another reason I say it's more Texas for Notre Dame than it is Florida. Florida is tough for Notre Dame to get kids out of. You got to recruit it. You know, find the Anthony Carries, find those kids like that. Go recruit the next Keon Keeley because eventually you're going to get that kid to say yes. There just aren't as many of those types in Florida that are Notre Dame fits. Georgia, there's a lot more of them. There's a lot more yeah. Kyle Hamiltons in the state of Georgia than there are in Florida. You know, and Isaiah Canyon is a lot like Kyle Hamilton, high academic kid, 
Ivy League offers. I mean, remember, Kyle's older brother played basketball at Penn. Yep. You know what I mean? And and it just it's better fits. And so that's why Georgia is such an important state for Notre Dame. And they were doing really well in the state for a while, then had a couple of years where they didn't have as much success. So it is huge to get back there this year. And now you have three kids from the state of Georgia. Yep. And they're 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 trying to get more. I mean, that's the thing too, Ryan. Is there 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 there's some other kids on the board left. Not not don't know if they're gonna get any of them, but there's more kids on the board in 24 from the state of Georgia, and there's definitely some 25 kids from the state of Georgia. Because Notre Dame, I mean, I believe in the update that I put up today that there's co- to, well, the, maybe it's the one I sent you, but there's kids from Georgia or there's coaches going to Georgia these next two days to see different. To, to see different uh to see different kids so uh there i think mike mickens is going to be down there to see a corner a couple corners right yeah. i believe down there so getting getting back into georgia getting more kids out of georgia is important because as we've always said the more kids you get from a state the the more those kids can kind of relate to coming up and seeing you and being more comfortable to making that type of move in the future because there are kids that they can relate to. And I've said this before, kids tend to kids tend to be more connect more by geography than a lot of other things when it comes to athletes. You know, they they tend to have the I mean, we have these debates in the show, right? Hey, I'm from Jersey, right? Jersey players are the best. Hey, I'm from Virginia, you know, Virginia players are the best. And so when you can get kids like that, it it really helps your entire operation. It really does. So the Georgia aspect, Ryan, cannot be cannot be overlooked here. Yeah, I mean, especially because it, it is sort of like Texas in the sense also that there's such a high volume of players as well, right? Where it's like, Georgia's not going to get all these kids, guys. Like, Alabama's not going to get all these kids. There's going to be some other talents that is out there that Notre Dame can find, right? And whether it is an Isaiah Canyon, whether it is an Anthony Knapp, a Cole Mullins, like those types of players that make sense for Notre Dame that maybe are overlooked slightly because – there's like six good safeties in Georgia, for instance, right? Like it's just insane. I mean, from the Ricardo Joneses, the DeMello Jones, the KJ Boltons, it's like you can't take everyone at the end of the day. You can't take everyone. So finding that, and I mean, North Carolina is another one, Brian. We're seeing their some impact in North Carolina, yeah. both in 2023 and hopefully in 2024 here moving forward, obviously with Bryce Young and Micah Gilbert. So there are some states that this, this staff is definitely prioritized. We talked about Texas impact. Starting to get more into Georgia, get more into the Carolinas. There are some spots in this in the country that we see now that Notre Dame is having tremendous impact more than they did on the previous staff. Absolutely. Last piece of this, Ryan, is uh, kind of what's next, and we won't spend a lot of time on what's next, but I do want to just kind of go over a couple things that we because we discussed a lot of it yesterday, Ryan. Yep. Right now, they definitely need one more receiver in this class. I think when it's all said and done, they're going to get to four. That's I think so, what too. I think. That's my opinion. Yeah. But I do think there there need to be some decisions made that I just don't know that they're ready to make those decisions yet, which is why we discussed what we talked about yesterday. Okay, where are we with the need for this position? Where are we with the need for this position? Are we okay not taking here? How do we count Lorenzo Styles? Because you know, there's a lot of those different things to factor into it. Is there anybody else off the current roster that we think might leave after this year or whatever the case may be? And so I think those are all things that you look at and say, hey, I, I think we can get to that number. But then you also have to be careful, too, because there's some really good guys on the board next year. So you say, OK, so are we willing to go lower on numbers this year to get certain guys this year? Those are all parts of the process that you have to decide. 
Are the if we take four, are they all four kids that are willing to sit for a year if that potential is there? Because they're going to be stepping into a pretty loaded depth chart. There's a lot of different decisions that this staff has to make, and they have to be careful about who that third and fourth guy are. That they're going to be guys willing to uh, compete in battle beyond just a year. Sure. And so that's that's the piece of it. Right now, I think there it's it's pretty clear that there are two guys. Um, above everyone else on the board that Notre Dame is going to try and close on. And one of them is going to be making a decision on Tuesday, this upcoming Tuesday. So what would that be? Uh, what, five days, Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, five days from now. And that's going to be Micah Gilbert from North Carolina. You were just talking about it, Ryan. This is another chance to get into Carolina. You've already got J- uh, Jack Larson. Yep. Bryce Young is going to make a decision on this weekend on, on Saturday. We like where Notre Dame is on that one. This is another one. What have we always said? Texas, Arizona, Missouri, Carolinas, Georgia. Important yeah. areas for Notre Dame, for athletes. And and Micah Gilbert's one of those guys, Ryan. He is. And he brings a style that is very unique comparative to the two commits that Notre Dame has in this class. We've just broke down extensively. What do you get in Isaiah Canyon? You get a 6'3 plus guy that can run by pretty much anybody on the outside. That's kind of his profile. Also has smooth hips where you say eventually when he is taught correctly, could be a nice route runner for an outside receiver as well. So you look at that tall outside vertically oriented receiver that's got speed to burn. Combined with Cam Williams who after his junior year, Cam Williams is in the conversation as one of the premier wide receivers in the 2024 class. We're talking about a six foot two, 185 pound wide receiver that's incredibly smooth, also fast. And he really took a big step of development from sophomore to junior year from a technical aspect, and he got faster as well. So you have those two guys as your premier outside receivers in this class, but guys that can also move around a little bit. Micah Gilbert's a completely different type of football player. He is. 6'2", 200 pounds, can play on the outside, but he plays on a much different way than those two guys. He is a big-bodied, contested catch, physical receiver with hands for days. Like, this kid has some Venus flytraps as as his hands, man. Like, this kid, whatever touches it, he catches every single time. He has great hands in this class. He's that guy that's going to be that back-shoulder contested catch guy, but also – you see some of the chops that Mike Gilbert has because he comes from a football family, yeah. a deep-rooted football family. He's a good route runner, man. He gets in and out of his brace. He knows how to set stuff up. So I look at him and say, could play boundary, could play inside in the slots. You can mix and match these skill sets really well with a guy like Mike Gilbert. That's a great point because here's my only knock on Mike Gilbert, my only one. I love his polish. I love his hands. I love his athleticism. I love his feet. I love his strength. I love his toughness. I love his pedigree. Love all of it. He's not, a, he's not, he's not a burner, but you just said it, Ryan, you nailed it. It's about putting skill sets together to make one unit, right? It's yes. like Voltron, right? You know, they all <laughs> kind of come together and they have different strengths to, to, to one, you know, kick butt thing, right? Yes. I watched Voltron as a kid, but here's the deal. Yeah. You don't, you've got two burners already in the class to take the top off the defense guys already in the class. I wouldn't call Cam Williams a burner but he's fast, he can right? Run and yeah. he can take yeah. the top off of a defense. Isaiah Canyon, to me, is a burner, especially at that size. You got two tape the, take the top off the defense guys that, that to me, are 
great compliments to Micah, Micah Gilbert. And I said it yesterday. Isaiah Canyon and, and Cam Williams are two guys that if they get to 1,000 yards, they could do it on 60 catches, 55 right. catches, right? Micah Gilbert's the kind of guy that he's going to get to 1,000 yards by catching it 75 times, 80 times. Different types of players, great compliments, right? I need a home run shot, I'm throwing to Isaiah, you know, over the top. If I need somebody to that can win across the field, man, that's Cam, dude. That's If I need a guy that's third and seven, uh, Micah. Here you go. Let's get let's get it. You know, that's that's my guy. And that's the that's how you put a, a, a group together, not just landing. It's not just about landing individual pieces that are ranked wherever. It's about building a unit of complementary players. And that was a great point, Ryan. And that's what I that's what I feel even better. I don't even care about Micah Gilbert's speed right now because of what they've combined it with. Yes. Braylon James last year. Caleb Smith has some juice just in a different way. And it's not like Rico and Jaden are slow. It's just like they're not you're not recruiting them to just run post routes over the top all day, right? Yep. And then this class, Cam and Micah, I mean Cam and uh Isaiah are both guys can take the top off the defense. So then you get a guy like Micah Gilbert, it's almost like now his speed isn't a, a hindrance. His overall game is now, ooh, this is the compliment that you need to go to those with those guys. And and that's what I love about his game. And as you know, Ryan, he's been a, a guy I've been a big fan of for a while. And he would be a great compliment. Now he's got a final a final seven. I'm I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Actually, let me just quickly look it up. But I know Michigan's on there. Duke I know that South it. Yeah, Duke. Duke makes a lot of sense. I mean, his brother had a lot of success there. Uh, yeah. but it's it's Michigan, South Carolina, North Carolina, Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, Duke, and Pitt are his seven that he's down to right now. And so obviously Notre Dame will look to close that one out uh, um, here on Tuesday and uh, add another big bodied receiver. It's obvious they're trying to, what kind of pro style offense this team wants to be. They want to be able to throw the ball down the field and expand defenses. And that's why they're recruiting the guys that they're recruiting, but they're also not afraid to go out and get a smaller guy. If he brings dynamic ability, that leads us to our next receiver. That's Jason Robinson, Jr. We talked a lot about him yesterday, Ryan, very intriguing guy because if you look at him and you see his size, you're thinking shifty slot guy. He's one of the best route runners in in the in the 24 class nationally. Forget yes. no name guys. He's one of the best route runners in high school football. I mean, this is a kid that's got all the polish in the world. Another guy, another link that we're seeing with this staff. Hands, great yes. hands, you know, and so they're all hands catchers. Great ball skills, great concentration. And in Jason, as I've said before, Jason Robinson was 6'1, 185. He's a top 50 football player. Easily. Easily. That's his only, like Micah Gilbert's only knock is long speed. Jason Robinson's only knock is size. But I love the, that's why I love the Jahan Dotson comparison because he's a small guy that has the game of an outside receiver and can play outside because he's stronger than you think he is at his size, but he's got great quickness, great route running. He can get separation. And you mentioned this yesterday, Ryan. Don't get it twisted. He will outplay you for the football. Oh, he will. Yep. I mean, and, and I, I think that that's the biggest thing too, Brian, is like assumed deficiencies in his game are not really there. It's just one of those things where, 
you have to be comfortable with the size and you have to be able to check off those that box when Coach Bayless sees him, obviously, right? And like that's the biggest question mark that you're gonna have for a guy like a Jason Robinson. And the great thing is, yeah, he might lack size, but you know who doesn't lack size if you get to four in this class? The other three receivers that you have out there, right? So like you can find that size in other aspects and other areas in this class because you have already signed two skyscrapers and have a chance to get another one and Micah Gilbert here very soon. So everyone knows on this channel, even while he was still committed to the university of Southern California, I have been a big fan of Jason Robinson. And I've been telling people on the message board for some time now that, you know, even when he was committed to USC, don't count this one out for Notre Dame. Don't count this one out because Chancey Stuckey has been a guy that has remained consistent on this young man. And if they can push it to four, would be a great addition in my oh, opinion yeah. in this class because he brings again a different layer that others on this class don't have right like they don't have a guy that looks like Jason they don't have a guy that plays exactly like Jason he would be the best route runner in this class he would be a guy that really understands how to use his size to his advantage right and really understands how to play the game at an advanced level this is the smaller version of Rico Flores in this class. That's who Jason Robinson is to me. So much nuance, so much just understanding of how to play the game. You can look at the size if you want, but at the end of the day, man, this kid plays in one of the talent-rich spots in the United States out there in Long Beach Poly. He plays against great competition. Dudes can't stop him. I mean, at the end of the day, man, that matters, right? At the end of the day, you want on-field production, right? Last two years, Jason Robinson has been super, super productive, playing against some of the best football players in the country. Yeah. I think that last part's interesting, too, because we're saying that with a lot of these kids. Cam Williams plays against really good competition that has a lot of kids going Division I. Uh, Isaiah Canyon plays against a lot of future Division I football players in a big area. Uh, same thing for Micah Gilbert. You know, he, I mean, that he he's from an area where you're going to Providence Day, sends a bunch of kids to Division I football. Yes. And then, of course, um, Jason Robinson, who you mentioned. There's a lot of these kids that are just not out there dominating small time, you know, some little some little talent. And it's not a knock on them, but these are kids yeah. that you you say, okay, I can I can measure them against other Division One football players. That's and, what they did in 2023 yeah. as well with Great House, Rico Flores, Braylon James. Like they all come from talent rich areas, and they're all productive Smith, in talent rich areas. Caleb yep. Smith as well, Te- yeah. another Texas kid. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I really like it, Ryan. So that's going to wrap this part up. Uh, obviously, big commitment for Notre Dame. Very important commitment for Notre Dame. Very excited about what this kid brings to the table. Um, I, and I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised at how excited fans are about this one. I thought there'd be a lot of – I haven't seen one three-star comment yet. Maybe it's been in there. But uh, this kid is this kid's really talented. And, and his ranking is coming around, as we mentioned before. So big, big pickup for Notre Dame. Great job by – uh, Coach Stuckey, Chad Bowden in this group to be able to find this kid and get on him early and get him in the class. A really, really big pickup. <laughs>